This is Without Compromise, a show that explores what happens when you won't settle for anything less than your crazy ideas. We'll talk to athletes, founders, adventurers, and entrepreneurs of all kinds about living without compromise. I'm your host, Mason Gravely. Welcome to the show. We're programmed for survival, so our instinct is to give up on these situations, to move away from them. I thought if I didn't sign up for that race, that I was just going to disappear. It doesn't have to be these big, huge things that everyone thinks you need to do to make a difference. Hey folks, hope you're having a good week. Hope you're looking forward to a holiday weekend. But before we get started, Bill's going to give us some news around the new non-alcoholic brews coming out of the Connecticut and San Diego brewery. So Bill, take it away. Hey Mason, how's it going? Uh, this is Bill, back from the brew house in Connecticut. Got some exciting news this week. That was actually a fresh beer I just cracked. Uh, we have a great lineup of beers that are starting to be available both locally and nationally as our San Diego brewery comes online. This week online, we officially released Cerveza Atletica for the summer, so that should be available regularly through the summer. That's our crisp, refreshing Mexican lager. Um, it's Darker, fuller bodied, but still only 70 calories. So super delicious. We're also doing a limited release next Monday of Freeway Double Hop IPA and our Downwinder Goes. So we're super excited about those. The Goes is a super refreshing summer beer with sea salt, coriander, and lime leaf notes full of electrolytes. Super refreshing. And then at curbside pickup at the brewery, which we started doing, we have an unbelievable lineup that ranges from the beers I just said. We have our first crack at a Pilsner, Russ's Pilsner. Uh, we have Dave's Smoked Wheat. It's uh, called a Grodziki, actually, but it's a, it almost tastes like it's straight off the barbecue, which is totally foreign in a beer, but that's a lot of fun. Um, we have our Resilience Beer, which John talked about a couple of weeks ago, but the proceeds are going to support the Australian wildfires. Uh, we're really excited to team up and brew that beer. Then we also have a Coconut Brown Ale. That's our first time ever brewing that. Uh, we're pretty fired up about it. It's somewhat like our Stump Jump Brown Ale, but has like some more toasty sweet notes to it. So it's a real treat for sure. And then in other beers, we have a single hop IPA series. That's both Chinook and a new Cryo Hop. So if you want to dive in what single hops beers taste like and really get the essence of a single ingredient in one beer. Those are a lot of fun. We've been having a lot of fun with those on the pilot. So that's all on curbside. And then we're also launching more stuff on the internet. So uh, yeah, really psyched about what our brewing team, the kind of R&D coming out of the place, but I'll kick it back to you. Thanks. Holy cow. So many wild brews coming out of our breweries now. And of course, the best place to find those um, and keep up with what we're doing is online. Uh, at our website, athleticbrewing.com. You know, we can ship straight to your house to most states um, all around the nation and also Instagram, Facebook. That's where we post a ton. That's where we release limited stuff. But pay attention because uh, that's where we release a lot of the news of when some of these limited beers are coming out. So I encourage you to make sure you're following and sign up for all of those. But it obviously takes brewing without compromise to make these beers taste amazing and be non-alcoholic. So we, we realized, obviously, that a lot of the folks in our community are also living without compromise to pursue their crazy ideas, whether that's, you know, winning the show Survivor, being a professional dog sledder, triathlete or business owner or NFL athlete. And today we're talking to someone helping us expand that view of what it means to live without compromise. And that's Emily Day. She's a professional beach volleyball player. And we just 
talk a lot about her life, how she got to this point, what it what it took to get to this point, some of the highs, some of the lows. She's won a ton of championships, Cincinnati, New York City, uh, Hermosa Beach. And in 2016, she was hoping to get on the Olympic team, and uh, they took the top two teams, and her and her partner ended up being number three. So that was pretty devastating for her. But she ended up winning the Manhattan Beach Open that year. And if you know anything about beach volleyball, that is like the granddaddy competition. She's actually won that twice. And so now she has her eyes set on the 2020 Olympics. Well, technically 2021 with everything going on. But that's another thing we actually talk about is how to maintain, how to stay on top, how to train and live without compromise, no matter what's going on, including a quarantine. So I hope you learned something, and I hope that you get out there and chase your dreams without compromise as well. Enjoy the episode. All right, folks, welcome to Without Compromise today. We have a great guest, you know, a member of our athletic brewing community. Uh, she's a pro volleyball player. You heard a little bit more about her her career and life in the intro of the, the episode, but uh, Emily Day, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'd love to just kind of start at the beginning. We always want to hear, you know, where people's careers start. So so if you don't mind, like, where did you grow up and what kind of sports did you grow up doing? Was it always volleyball or was it something else? Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in Southern California, um, grew up in Torrance, still actually live in Torrance, playing lots of different sports, um, was just an all-around athlete and wanted to play whatever my friends were playing in. So that included basketball, soccer, softball, gymnastics, um, and then later in life actually got involved in volleyball. And the only reason that I really got involved with volleyball was because my friends were playing and um, started off playing on the very last team, uh, wasn't very good, but just totally enjoyed the sport. And as I progressed through high school, I started getting a little bit better and better in volleyball, but was still heavily involved with soccer. So juggling both soccer and volleyball in high school and um, was lucky enough during my high school career to get recruited to go to LMU, where I played four years of C1 indoor volleyball. But it was very hard for me to say goodbye to the soccer side. I totally enjoyed soccer, um, but knew that if I wanted to be the best volleyball player, that I'd have to obviously give that up. So played four years of indoor volleyball in college, and that in college was when I was introduced to beach volleyball. Our the co- my coach at the time at LMU said, "Hey, like over the summer, make sure you play in like four beach tournaments," and so. I signed up for my first beach tournament in college and absolutely got my butt kicked. It was so funny. I was so frustrated. Actually, it wasn't funny at the time. But looking back, like ladies that were twice as old as me and jumped half as high as me were beating me on the beach court. And I was like determined to figure out that how to beat them and what I could be better at. And so... um started practicing more on the beach, but still was juggling indoor volleyball. Uh, And then graduated from college and played indoor volleyball in Switzerland for two years, but would always come back during the summers to Southern California and play beach volleyball. And that's when my progress like really started to develop 
in USA Volleyball took notice and I qualified for my first professional tournament and um, had a mentor talk to me one year and was like, hey, Emily, like you have great potential with beach volleyball, but you got to kind of, you got to be in Southern California year round training. And so that's when I decided to stop playing my indoor and ended my indoor career and have been full-time beach ever since. <laughs> wow. So, so you went through a lot of things there, the transition from soccer to volleyball. Were, were you just more gifted at volleyball naturally? You know what I'm saying? Could you have been re- uh, recruited for soccer as well? Or, you know, how, how, how did you make that decision? Yeah. So I actually thought I could play soccer in college and I thought that's what I was going to do. Like growing up, you know, watching the women's world cup. And I actually was lucky enough to go to that game um, at the Rose bowl and seeing them win. Like those were my idols. Um, But in high school, I definitely started to excel more in volleyball and showed a lot more promise. Um, And so it became kind of like a natural switch. Um, but if you would have asked me at 10 or 15 years old, I would have said, oh, yeah, I want to play college soccer. So I was somewhat late to the game with volleyball, uh, but I was I, still able to get recruited, which was awesome. And, and, and now you mentioned indoor for years. And I know in college, indoor is you know, kind, of, kind of big um, for volleyball in college teams. So th- what was the transition to beach like? Because to me, it sounds like, you know, playing a sport you love, but with weights on, you know what I mean? It's so much harder to move <laughs> in the sand. I, I've only played it a couple of times and it was like, why is this is so difficult? Why would you lean yeah. this way over what, you know what I mean? Why did you choose sand over just continuing indoor? Yeah. Great question. Cause the first time I played, like I said, got my butt kicked and I, it was so frustrating because I was thought I was just like, you know, indoor stud athlete. And I was like, Oh yeah, beach volleyball, no problem. But it's like a completely different sport in the fact that, you know, you're in the sand and it's hard to walk in the sand. So let alone run, jump, dig, set, spike, all of that, you now have to do. Um, and me as an athlete, I'm realized I was a much better, um, all around volleyball player. So, you know, when you play indoor, you're somewhat specialized in that you're a middle blocker and you're great at playing middle blocker. You don't have to go play back row. Uh, for beach volleyball, we have to execute all the skills um, at a high level. And I just, like my mentor who I talked to and like starting to play in tournaments, I realized that I could try to for the Olympics and like excel much more in beach volleyball. But let me tell you, that transition is not easy. Very humbling (laughs) and really tough. And then, but on the flip side, this sport is so much fun. You get to be outside, so can't complain. Yeah, that no, that makes sense. It just seems like, you know, you could go from flying in the gym, you know, over the net to beach. It's everything's dampened a little with the sand and just movement is harder. It Mm -hmm. seems like it would be almost frustrating. But you know, it's just interesting. But you are outside, like you said. You're usually, you know, at the beach. So that helps. Um, and also, it wasn't too far yeah. from home. Uh, w- when did becoming a pro start to like a legitimate professional, like professional athlete? When did that start to seem like a possibility for you? Yeah. Um, so, like I mentioned before, I didn't grow up thinking I was going to be this beach volleyball player. That was going to be my profession. I think. The first time I realized I could do it post-college was my first time I qualified 
for an AVP tournament. I was a junior in college, and at the time, we were the youngest team to qualify. And so the thought entered my head, like, huh, so maybe I can do this after college. However, like, beach volleyball players, we aren't making a ton of money, and you don't make money unless you're winning. So I always knew that I was going to have to have, like, a side hustle while trying to pursue beach volleyball. And so... Um, I became a math tutor, which is what I got my degree in. And to this day, I'm still tutoring kids in math. Um, so I was able to juggle both for the pursuing beach volleyball uh, with my math tutoring business when I, as soon as I got done with college. And so that's when I like gave it my full effort and 100% in uh, of trying to pursue this as a career. And luckily, it's paid off. Um, and I've been able to compete around the world at the highest level representing USA. Uh, and then I still love tutoring. So I'm able to do that on my off days. Do, do you enjoy having those two different worlds to look forward to? You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's yeah. kind of unplug from one and, and engage in another. Yes, absolutely. I know athletes who just do beach volleyball. And for me, I think that would drive not drive me insane but I would overdo it I think I would overthink it I would stress myself out so I do enjoy the two different worlds and going from being this athlete to now I'm going to sit down next to a high school student and share my other passion of math with them uh, so I definitely I, I love being able to do both and I'm grateful that I have that opportunity and I'm sure in ways it's helped you with your professional career just from a sanity standpoint like you said just be able to say i know i have this other thing kind of takes the pressure off in ways as well but uh you know that's a really good reflection yep. are, are there two, uh, students that you uh that don't know that you're a professional athlete it's so funny so like every year when i get a new student i let them know like hey i'm also a professional beach volleyball player so sometimes i'm gone at a week at a time as we get closer to summer they're like, yeah, okay, no problem. And they don't really get it <laughs> until, like, uh, we have local tournaments like AVP Manhattan Beach or AVP Hermosa. And that's near where all my kids go to school. And so when I won that tournament and they saw me in the newspaper the next day, I think that's when it clicked. That's, I was like, oh, yeah, she actually does play volleyball. This is a serious thing. So it's pretty funny when they see the light bulb go off that, that I'm a full-on professional athlete and not just their math tutor. <laughs> that's that's awesome. It's like, help me with this problem and uh, go ahead and autograph it right after that too, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they don't go to that extent. Okay. I'm still just their math tutor that makes them do lots of practice problems. <laughs> that's awesome. So, so, you know, with everything going on, I, I know that you've had some incredible wins recently. What, what what has changed for your daily life? What has changed for your mindset? And how are you staying strong through this whole quarantine situation? And I know that y'all have been hit pretty hard in that area as well. Yeah. So right now, um, all the nets at our beaches have been taken down. And we just got our beaches just reopened to working out. So I'm very thankful to be able to do some like sand workouts. Um, but before I've been just at the house doing at home workouts and kind of doing, making up ball drills, hitting the volleyball against my garage and roof. 
um, making my boyfriend who I live with pepper with me. And he's not a volleyball player. So then he's going to come out of quarantine the, the most improved for sure. <laughs> but um, yeah, we've, I've been just working out a lot. And because I know when this quarantine ends that I want to be prepared. Um, I've been watching a lot of film and working on the mental side of the game. And yeah, just really anxious for things to get going again. But I realized that, you know, this COVID uh, thing is just way bigger than the sport of beach volleyball. So everything's been shut down for us and I'm just patiently waiting to play again. (laughs) So what's some of your biggest, you know, things coming up, you know, on the competitive side? Yeah. So I guess our biggest thing is that, well, our Olympics were supposed to happen in June of 2020, but those have now been pushed back to June of 2021. So the biggest tournament is that, and we still have qualification tournaments to lead up to that. Now they've all been canceled for the majority of this year. And there's a chance we'll have some tournaments maybe in November in Mexico, but still not confirmed. So once those are on the schedule, that's, the 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 biggest ones however we also have our domestic tour called the avp and our next scheduled tournament for that is july in hermosa beach which i'm not sure is going to happen but i do know the avp is doing the best that they can with holding tournaments like we might it's not going to look the same right we'll maybe have a tournament with no fans or it's going to be over four or five days instead of three and only a few courts. Um, but we're lucky to live in Southern California and we can hold tournaments in the winter. So I'm confident that we'll be able to play at some point this year. And it's nice to have the AVP to get us ready for those international uh, Olympic qualification tournaments. I, I heard that you were relieved when they moved the Olympics to 2021. C- could you explain that a little bit? Yes. So at the beginning of the COVID outbreak, my partner and I, we were actually, our first tournament of the year was in Australia, an Olympic qualification tournament. And it was right on the border of the outbreak. And we didn't know if we should go or not go, how to make a really tough decision to not board our flight that night. Um, And like two days later, they ended up canceling the tournament. And it was a sign of relief. And then the just the Olympics in general being pushed back because I think every athlete across every sport would have been scrambling to try to train. Um, And then you wouldn't see the best performances on the Olympic stage. I think pushing it back a year gives everybody time to train and plan out what they need to do to be at the top of their game. Um, And I think it's a more even playing field because different countries are in different spots along this COVID crisis. Uh, so pushing it back a year gives us everybody, I think, a peace of mind and the opportunity to really prepare. Absolutely. And I know that you've been waiting four years for this now, now five years, it's going to be five years, but Mm -hmm. you know, could you tell us about, you know, the, the, the experience of the 2016 Olympics of, uh, you know, barely missing out, but you also won the Manhattan beach open. Could you just go through kind of some of the mixture of feelings going on there and what it was causing yeah. you to contemplate about the sport? Yeah. Um, so like you said, dedicating four years of your life to go to the Olympics, but really it's much more than that because the Olympics comes every four years. 
but you need to put yourself in a position to qualify for it. So leading up to the 2016 Olympics, my partner and I were in the race. We only get to send two teams from the U.S. and it's a year and a half point race to see who gets to go. And so Jen Kessie and I uh, are traveling all around the world, going to qualification tournaments. Uh, we have good finishes and bad finishes. And the whole time you're just looking at what the other American teams are doing. Um, so it came down to the last few tournaments and we realized that we weren't going to make it. And it's, it's just absolutely devastating because not only do you want to go because it's your dream, but it's also, you have this team behind you who are supporting you along the way and you just feel like you've let them down. Uh, so really tough. And then my partner and I, or Jen and I, we end up breaking up that, summer because she's she's done with her international aspirations I still wanted to play but I was partnerless in the middle of summer and not going to the Olympics so I definitely contemplating what am I doing with my life should I continue to play volleyball um and so I knew that it would have been a rash decision to just like up and quit and so I decided to play definitely finish out the 2016 season on our ADP tour and I teamed up with Brittany Hochevar, and we end up winning the ADP Manhattan Beach Open. And for us volleyball players, that's like the granddaddy of them all. It's in Manhattan Beach. You get your name on the pier. And uh, we win in front of family and friends because it's in the area I grew up in. And so it was definitely a nice consolation prize for missing the Olympics. I can't imagine how special that was being being so close to home, so close to where you went to school, and also after that yep. huge letdown and not getting in the Olympics. I mean, it must have just mm-hmm. been. I, I, and you know, and since then, you said you contemplated, you know, moving on from the sport. Uh, but you've had just a list of victories and and highs since then. Or is it something you're happy with that you've continued? Oh, absolutely. I'm so glad I didn't give up at that point. Um, I've definitely become a much better volleyball player. I've improved so much. I've had so many great experiences and been able to travel all around the world um, and continue to make a living from it. So I have the dream job right now. (laughs) I mean, granted, I'm at home not competing, but we're all in this together right now. Uh, But I look forward to getting back out there. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, what has it been like to be a professional athlete in a sport that's really so, I mean, it's so close to home for you. You know, you you're, the, the USA Volleyball Headquarters is like right there yep. in your hometown. Manhattan Beach yep. is, what, 10, 15 minutes from where you grew yep. up and went to school. I mean... It's, you know, for a lot of people, professional sports takes them to really far off places and they have to live there and they're away from family. For you, it's almost yeah. been like it's, it's it's made you stay there. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very lucky and spoiled in that respect. Um, I don't know if I like I have to credit playing beach volleyball to go because I went to LMU. I don't know if I I don't think I'd be playing beach volleyball if I lived anywhere else or went to a different school. Um, and so, yeah, very blessed and lucky to have grown up in this town, but it's interesting because I didn't grow up knowing the sport or playing to the sport. We, yeah, sure. I went to the beach 
with friends, but never really played beach volleyball until college. But yeah, USA Volleyball headquarters is right down the street from us. All of our courts that we play at in Hermosa and Manhattan are 15 minutes away. Uh, so very lucky to have home base right next to the heart of beach volleyball. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, if you if you'd have grew up in a you know Anchorage, Alaska, you might not be doing beach volleyball. So that, that doesn't. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, I, I give credit to a lot of the girls who are you know move out here from Texas and Florida and other parts of the world or the U.S. to pursue this sport because um, it's not easy. It's not easy, especially starting out. So for yeah, and, and speaking of that, what what is for you the hardest part about being? a professional athlete is there all there's always this pressure to compete of course and to win but uh, you know a lot of folks thrive off that H- how do you feel about the whole experience of just being a professional that's a good question um you know i love competing the pressure of it is something that i'm learning to handle and i've enjoyed my progress with that definitely learning i think the mental side of the game for me has been the toughest because I have no problem going out and working hard. That's something that has been taught to me at a a young age, how to work hard. So the physical side of the game, yeah, sure. Train me into the ground. I'm all for it. The mental side has, yeah, has been tough. I've learned how to meditate and mindfulness, all of that stuff um, definitely takes more practice for me. Uh, But I enjoy, I enjoy working hard at something and seeing improvement. So that's, been uh, fun to do during this quarantine because the mindfulness of it um, I can work on right now. Are you thinking during this quarantine like of ways to get that edge or ways to work on things you don't typically work on to to make yourself more competitive when it, when it's over? Absolutely, because um, I'm trying to find a way to continue to get better without being in the sand and playing volleyball. So like how I've been, you know, asking my coaches, working with my sports psych, like, what can I do? Um, and so it's come to like watching a lot of game film, not only on myself, but on my competitors and learning from there, studying the game more than I have before. And then also doing some mindfulness practices. It's kind of weird. It gives us a chance to work on those things that kind of were collecting dust for a while, just because we never had the time, you know, mm-hmm. I'm scrolling back through mm-hmm. months and months of emails saying, ah, oh, I never answered that person. This is a great time to do it. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Like it's, uh, it's just oh, one of those, yeah. you get around to it. And so, you know, as an athlete, you're able to kind of brush up on those skills or those footwork or something you just don't ever really have yeah. time to do. Um, but you know, that's really interesting. And so for the folks that see it that way, I'm sure they're going to come out of this, you know, better in a lot of ways and, and more yeah. real, well-rounded. Um, mm-hmm. I saw recently, last year, actually, you got uh, inducted to the uh, Loyola Hall of Fame. What, what was that yeah. like? What was, I mean, that must have been such an honor and such a uh, confirmation of, of the path you've chosen. Yeah, absolutely. I was totally shocked. I remember um, I happened to be with my beach partner, Betsy, who also went to LMU and we were driving down to practice or something. I had a call come through and it came up as like LMU athletic director. And I'm like, what the heck? And Betsy, who actually knew this phone call was coming, was like, oh yeah, you should answer. 
And they told me oh, and congratulated man. me about making the LMU Hall of Fame. I was just totally in shock. Really cool and honored to be honored amongst other great athletes. And it was it was fun to get back on campus too and show my family around and hang out and you know, um got to speak with the girls on the LMU beach team and indoor team. So it's a great honor. I absolutely loved playing at LMU. Um so it's it's pretty cool. Wow. That's a, uh, it had to be validating. And so it just, you know, speaks mm-hmm. to not giving up when you're really not that great at something at first. Yep. Well, great. Well, you know, I, I'd love to move into the rapid fire questions. These are like five or six things. Okay. So let's get started. All right. Rapid fire. Number one, what has been your favorite high or peak, uh, in your career? Uh, winning the Manhattan beach open and for it to come right after that the lowest of missing the Olympics and made it that much higher. Oh man. Isn't that just so true? How, how close usually the, the lowest lows and the highest highs are together. That's yep. That's what sport is. I feel like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So so what are you most curious about right now outside of volleyball and math? Ooh, most curious about outside of volleyball and math. That's a good question. I can tell you what I've, kind of been exploring during this quarantine um i've been getting really involved in bread baking i have a sourdough starter and learning how to (laughs) deal with that it's been quite the responsibility um because i've never baked nor been much of a cook so actually having the time to try new recipes and do that has been uh fun yeah, I not going to lie. I've I've enjoyed cooking more lately too. You know, it's like we have the time again, a time to do something yeah. different. And and so, you know, kind of leading into that, is there a hobby that you have that, you know, you really don't talk about or or you kind of just keep to yourself or on those days off? Um, I like to read. Like the sourdough starter and bread stuff has been fun, but um I've also started a book club with my friends. And so that's, that's been really nice. I love, I enjoy reading. So yeah. awesome. Is this just novels or what do you like? To I'll read? switch back and forth. Okay. I'll switch back and forth to a light, like easy romantic read. And then I like, um, I actually just finished the book. The obstacle is the way by Ryan holiday. And it's absolutely great. Um, oh, it goes awesome. into like, yeah. So I recommend that book. Um, and it's super prevalent right now during, uh, quarantine. Absolutely. And actually the last time I saw that, I, I'm sure he's fine with this. Our, our founder, Bill Schufeld of, of athletic brewing, it was on his desk. That book was so, Oh yeah. Yeah. I, yeah it's, it's, those are two, uh, two very, very highly successful people that are reading it. So I guess I had, I need to jump on. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And it definitely relevant right now. Holy cow. So, so yeah. what is your, uh, what's your proudest achievement outside of your career? I would have to say my tutoring business. And not so much the business part, but the kids that I work with and teaching them, not just math, but like study habit skills and how to study and work hard at something and seeing it pay off. So my favorite thing is, okay, yeah, I'm helping this student get an A on their math test. But all of a sudden, their mom's texting me and they're texting me how they got their grade in English has come up. Or their grade in chemistry has come up because they've learned these different uh, study skills. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, when you learn how to learn, you can teach yourself anything at that point. Right, right. You should definitely be proud of that. And and you know, this is kind of off the subject. Is that something you think you'll continue after volleyball tutoring and math? 
yeah, I'd love to be able to come like a high school math teacher and perhaps like coach like the volleyball team there or something. I think that'd be really cool to still be involved in both. Oh, that that sounds like the life right there. Not gonna lie, <laughs> <Just> <laughs> have this awesome career, become a coach, teacher. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're you're built for it. I mean, if you love math, I mean, how many people love yeah. math? Not, not many. I thought. I know. Crazy like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So I was gonna ask biggest goal not yet achieved, but I, I'd probably it's probably safe to say that's the Olympics. Yes, absolutely. We won't spend the time on that one then. So, so what's a what's like a daily habit you do or like a health tip you, you, you do on a daily basis and that you really can't live without? Oh, what helps me the most is first thing in the morning or in the morning time is to get my body moving. So even if it's an off day for me or even if my workout is in the afternoon, um, just to get outside or just get my body moving, I really notice helps me a ton. Um, when I'm on the road and competing, if I have a game at 2 p.m., I know I need to get outside that hotel room and do something. And then during this quarantine time, I know that if it's an off day or I don't have a workout till later, I think it's great just to get a walk in in the morning um, and get the blood flowing. I think that's a great tip for everybody that they can mm. do. Absolutely. Absolutely relevant now too. You know, it doesn't have to be huge, but I mean, you, you, it's so easy to be sedentary right now, especially. Yeah. And so getting <laughs> the blood moving. Yeah, definitely. Even with your morning coffee, take a walk or something. That's, that's great yeah. advice. Yeah. So, 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 you know, that to kind of wrap all this up and wrap, you, you know, your whole philosophy up, you know, what what does it mean to you to live without compromise? To live without compromise, I'd say that means you're giving full effort into whatever you do. So it doesn't need to be a sport. It doesn't need to be a sourdough starter, but it could be in your job. It could be in um, being a parent, just, giving, working hard at whatever you're doing and not compromising or, uh, cheating yourself of a hundred percent. That's what's led to your career. That's what's led to our beer, non-alcoholic beer of all things being all over the country. It's, yeah. uh, it takes the crazier, the idea, the least compromise that the, the success allows. And so, you know, I, I I know for you, there's probably been so many things in all those stories that have led to this day and this moment and, and your career. And so, um, yeah, Emily, I want to thank you for being on and just sharing a little bit about your story and uh, about why you and Athletic work well together and our missions align in a lot of ways. Yeah, absolutely. And having a non-alcoholic beer during this time has been great. <laughs> I'm telling <laughs> yeah. you, all those virtual happy hours. If you are doing alcohol every night, it's tough. Absolutely. So it's, it's awesome to have great tasting non-alcoholic beer to enjoy. Awesome. Well, Emily, thank you so much. You're welcome. All right. See you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Emily's story. I hope you learned something. If you want to find out more, there's some links in the show notes. And also, if you need a math tutor, I'm sure she's doing Zoom calls and online stuff right now. So reach out. And also, if you're interested in becoming an athletic brewing ambassador, let me know. I run the ambassador program, and finding the application on our website is 
part of the process. So look for that and say you heard about us on the podcast. All right, have a great weekend. Thank you.